bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats podcast. I'm Angela Cote, your host of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on the pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. Hello, Angela Cote here, and I am excited to bring you Taylor Russell, franchisee of WSI based in Toronto. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I am awesome. And I'm really excited to get rolling. I'm just going to give text here. Um, my background comes from my upbringing with the family business, M&M food market. My dad is the founder. And over the years, we grew to almost 500 locations. So just when we're talking today, that just gives a little bit of context. But what I think is going to be really fun for us today is that I come from a background with M&M, which is a brick and mortar franchise where you've got a lease. It's you know a, a decent investment, we'll just say. And today I'm excited to learn more about what it's like to be a franchisee of a, a service business that's lower overhead, lower investment, and uh, you know you can virtually work from anywhere. So we'll, we'll get into that in just a sec. Just quick shout out to the CFA. Super excited to be here to, to guest host this interview and always appreciate what the CFA does for us, the franchise community, in terms of education, um, advocating for the business model and, and bringing us together. And of course, this podcast. So Taylor, are you ready to get rolling? I am. Okay, awesome. Well, let's start with helping us understand what is WSI? Mm-hmm. So WSI is a, um, it's an international digital marketing agency. It's actually a network of agencies um, and it's based here in Toronto. It stands for, we simplify the internet um, and it's been around for over 25 years. So really it was created um, at the onset of the, of the internet. So the company uh, in all of its experience, um, you know, really kind of helped found, found the business, if you will, has seen the industry grow and change over 25 years um, across the entire world where there are, you know, thousands of, um, of ICs like myself. Yeah, super progressive uh, that it started as long at that time when when internet when people barely even knew what that that was. So, um, and here we are, you know, twenty in twenty twenty one and and still going strong. So very cool. So I'm curious why you chose this franchise opportunity. If you could speak to that a little bit. So prior to this, I I was a business consultant and that had me traveling all over the world and was absolutely not the master of my own destiny. Um, and I wanted to own a business and, uh, having started businesses before I know, you know, what it takes and how long it can take to ramp up. And so this time around, I wanted to ramp up quickly and I knew I could do that by, uh, by joining a franchise. Um, so that really was my motivation to start looking at different franchise, uh, opportunities. Um, I considered all sorts of different types of franchises and really the exercise that I did was uh, I wanted to kind of design my life and work backwards. So I really kind of looked into the future and say, what did I want to end up with? What, what did I want to work towards? And what kind of lifestyle do I want to have along the way? Because as many entrepreneurs know, you know, (laughs) 
you can start out wanting to have all of the flexibility and freedoms in the world being a business owner. But at the end of the day, you know, you find that your business can end up running you. Um, so that's something I certainly wanted to avoid. So, you know, I, I basically process of elimination, scratched out a bunch of uh, franchise models that were kind of B to C that required, you know, working evenings and work and, uh, and weekends. Um, I have a young family, so that just wasn't something that I wanted to have to commit to. Um, I started my franchise during COVID. And so I saw the risks involved with brick and mortar and how expensive a commitment like that can be. So, you know, again, that B2C uh, model sort of was out and I wanted something that allowed me to have the flexibility to move around. Um, I've been traveling my entire life. I love to work from our cottage in Muskoka when I can. Um, I just came back from Mexico where, you know, I brought my computer and had a couple of very important meetings, spoke with clients while I was away very easily. Um, so that was important for me as well. My husband and I want to you know, try and leave the country every April and, and, and work from abroad for a month or so. So I wanted a, a business that I could have the flexibility to do that with. And I think finally, what, what became important to me is I wanted to work really hard on the business development, actually work with a business where I could have repeat clients. Um, and with digital marketing, you know, you work really hard to get clients. And then the idea is you, you know, you keep them on retainer. So you're building an asset. Um, and that was really, really appealing to me. I chose digital marketing because I have a marketing and communications background, but um, it was always very much in traditional media. And I really like the fact that digital marketing is measurable. Um, and I really like to be able to bring those tangible results to my clients. It's very fulfilling uh, and help them build, build their businesses. Um, and like I said, I've owned a couple of businesses before. I understand how difficult it can be to, to find a digital marketing person who understands business, who speaks my language. So that was really important as well. And when I met with the people at WSI, there was, there was no doubt. I mean, the, the company is so, is so wonderful. They're so accommodating the education, the support that they provided in the onset and continue to provide is just, you know, beyond words. I feel like I'm a business owner and I, 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 I have the flexibility to kind of take my business where I want, but I'm still part of this larger organization and have all of the support you know, that you, that you can get from being part of a larger organization that I didn't have being, you know, a solopreneur before. So I think that's, those are kind of, I know that was a that's bit a of lot. That's an answer a good, to a question, but that was a long answer, but a good answer. I got a lot of nuggets from that <laughs> nuggets, no pun intended, right? <laughs> M&M chicken nuggets. Um, but be, I, what I, what I want to just really kind of double click on here is that you we're, and this this is really for the our audience to that anybody that's thinking of becoming a franchisee to to hear this that you have you have owned businesses before and saw the value of becoming a franchisee because of the I guess you know the challenges and and you love the idea of being part of a network and and all that so it, it's very interesting a lot of franchisees become become franchisees because they want they've never been a business owner. And they want 
help and support and you actually experienced it and said, and I like that. I like that idea, even though I could do it on my own. Um, there were, there was, there's a, a lot of kind of weight to that. Um, and also that I think it's important for people to know that you don't have to have owned a business before, mm-hmm. but in your case, it, it helped you. It just helped you with the clarity of what you were looking for, but people listening can tap into that and, and hear like what you just said, like I'd, I'd say, rewind this if anybody's listening and listen for the points that you use to assess, you know, things like I knew I wanted to not work at night. I, I wanted to work work hours. I wanted to be able to travel. Like those are some really key points. So I just wanted to really emphasize because there was a lot of good stuff in that. Um, also, and then also the culture. Um, let's actually, so the, the question of like, what would you, what advice would you give to prospective franchisees about how to choose a franchise? So some of that came out already, but let's talk a little bit more about the people and the education. Like how did you, was it in, in talking to the franchisor? How did you know that you were going to get that support and education? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing your due diligence is really important because when you're, when you're signing up with a franchisor, I mean, it's a marriage. Um, you know, they can, they can help nurture your business, but they can also be a huge detractor. If you, if you, if you choose the wrong one, having, having been an entrepreneur before knowing, you know, all the, all the benefits, but also the challenges, I was more aware of what the challenges were that I experienced and, you know, could, could look for how I could fill those gaps, um, if you will. Uh, with a franchisor. So, you know, being a franchisee or sorry, being a business owner can be very, very lonely. So when I learned through WSI that a, they provide all of the guidance and the direction. I mean, I I'm coming into an industry, digital marketing, which is something that I have zero experience with, except for having been on the business owner standpoint and agency to help promote um, an e-commerce store and a, a product that we were selling online. That was really my only experience with digital marketing. So I, I had to learn this industry from the onset. And you know, you can—it's <laughs> changing every day, right? It can be overwhelming. So it was not only the education and the guidance, but it was their—I would say—their guidance on what to prioritize, what you really need to focus on first. Um, as well as providing the resources and then the ongoing mentorship. So that's that's a big one. What was also really important to me was um, the culture and the collaboration, not just from the franchisor, but from other franchisees. And what happens from what I understand is, you know, it can be very, very competitive. And WSI is not like that. We collaborate a lot. Um, there is, you know, a number of the people who I started with, who were kind of part of my graduating class, if you will, a year ago, and we all are continue to be good friends and, and advocates uh, for one another and help support one another. You know, if I have a client that has a particular need in an area that I don't have experience in, I can reach out to my network and get support. For instance, you know, last week I had uh, a conversation with uh, a prospect in Saudi Arabia. Well. I don't have boots on the ground in Saudi Arabia, but WSI does. So I was able to, you know, say that we have, we have people there if we need to use them. Uh, And then 
the particular industry that this prospect was in, again, an industry that I don't have a lot of experience in. So I was able to leverage uh, and reach out to another um, franchisee in, in the UK. And together we were going to partner, we're, we're still talking about partnering to uh, work and, and provide services for, for this client. So this is not, from what I understand, normal um, within the franchisee industry. It was something very special about WSI that was important to me. It's certainly not important to everybody, but it's important to me because I had virtually no experience in digital marketing coming into this. The other thing I found that's really important um, and ended up being a fit for me at WSI is some of the franchise franchises are very, very strict, um, as you know. And especially I think in, in um, kind of fast food, you know, it's very much, you have to buy these cups from here. You need to do it this way. You know, all the, the standard operating procedures, all of the operations, everything is very, very standardized. And there's very little room for, uh, for flexibility. And WSI really kind of empowers you to run your agency how it suits you. So you can focus on a particular industry, you can focus on a particular geography, you can focus on a particular service, um, you can hire 20 people and do everything in-house, or you can leverage the, the, the vendors within the WSI community as the owner act as, you know, more of the, the project consultant and dealing, you know, being at the forefront with your clients, understanding their needs and figuring out how to, how to solve them. So that flexibility was really, really important to me. And again, that's something that I found in WSI, but I had the benefit of, of really doing some, some, some deep diving into, you know, myself and, and I spent a lot of time talking to other franchisees and I think that is hugely in, important in WSI, in WSI. But I also spoke with other franchisees of, of different. So understanding, you know, kind of, I think this is one of the most important things to do. And this was all, you know, at the onset when I wanted to, when I sort of made the decision that I wanted to own a franchise, I went and I contacted everybody in my network that I knew. First of all, that was a business owner. So I could compare being a business owner to being, you know, a franchisee. Um, and then all the franchisees that I knew understanding the, the benefits and the drawbacks, what are the challenges that they experienced? What's, and what suited them really, really well. Um, and then just, you know, really being able to compare that to my experience, um, and knowing my own likes and dislikes, it really helps with the process of elimination and trying to figure out, um, what it is that you're doing. And I would definitely highlight that you don't have to be an expert or have any experience, on the business in order to start a business in that area. If you, if you join a franchise, because they teach you pretty much everything that you need to know. And then obviously, you know, how you can learn more on your own. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Did you know that Franchise Canada has a newsletter sent twice a month that's packed full of fresh franchise opportunities? With Franchise Canada e-news, you get new content from Franchise Canada magazine, franchisee success stories, industry news about CFA members, educational videos all about franchising, and you can keep up to date on the newest episodes of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast that you're listening to right now. Plus, by subscribing to Franchise Canada e-news, you get a free subscription to Franchise Canada magazine. Subscribe now at FranchiseCanada.online. Now, back to the podcast episode you are enjoying. 
Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you you have, but not digital marketing. Um, and so uh, just highlighting a couple things there, the flexibility. Um, what's interesting about that is, uh, is that some people really crave that, right? And that, that ability to be creative. And I think there's other people that would be looking for, looking for the more standardized system. Just tell me what to do. I just want to, I just want to kind of go and follow the, the recipe for success. Whereas others of us, because I'm one of them too, want to be able to tap into my creativity and have a little bit more variety in life. So that, that might be, that's a, actually a really great point when you're looking for a franchise, assess introspectively what what's more your style. And, and also, I just want to really emphasize what you, the culture and the collaboration. That's awesome to hear. I, I, I know the, um, the, 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 the company fairly well and, and various people in the company. And I know there's a real emphasis, how much emphasis that they put on, on, on culture and good leadership. And, and, and I, I always say, you know, why wouldn't you leverage the collective wisdom of this built-in network of people that are running the same business. So I'm really excited to hear, it sounds like they're doing a great job of helping you collaborate with other uh, franchisees. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel and figure things out on your own. Absolutely. And I can't stress that enough as far as, you know, being able to, to ramp up your business quickly. I mean, if I were to do this on my own, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a quarter, I wouldn't have made a quarter of the progress as I have, um, having the support of the mentors of my fellow ICs of the network, et cetera. And, and I would also say, you know, something, this is part of the culture as well is WSI. I really feel valued and listened to as an IC. So when I give feedback, I can see how it's being utilized, Um, because they constantly want to improve. And that is big because again, you can hear some nightmare stories about how, you know, franchisees are absolutely butting heads with, with the franchisors because, um, you know, they feel like there's an injustice and their, you know, their, their needs are not being met um, and their wants are not being heard. Um, So yeah, I, I definitely, you know, take my hat off to WSI and, and their leadership and creating the culture that they've created, especially for a company that's as large as we are, being able to maintain that as well. Yeah. How many agencies are there across the world? You know what? I don't know, but I know it's thousands, like literally in, in every country you could possibly imagine. So it's 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 unique. We 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 operate in a number of different languages. And again, that's that's huge for our clients who often are, are multinationals who are operating and, and want to market to, um, to, you know, different markets around the world. So I, I have a lot of international experience. I didn't want to make my agency entirely local. So again, I have the freedom to reach out to previous contacts that I have in countries all over the world and work with them. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. check the box as well. Yeah. And, and I, just a real important point for people that are listening. One of the key things that it sounds like you, you did in, in determining whether this was the right franchise for you is, is talking to the franchisees in advance. And when you say you feel heard, that is like, that's music to a franchisor's ears, because I'd say the number one frustration I hear from franchisees when I have conversations in different brands is, is, is that they don't feel heard. And that's, it's not easy to figure out as a franchise or how to make franchisees feel heard. So that's, 
yeah, big shout out to WSI for, for having that, uh, mm-hmm. having created that culture. So let's, let's sort of switch a little bit more to you now. <laughs> We've given props to WSI, but it's, I really like, um, I, I like I mean, your background is really interesting that you, you know, you came from marketing. Now you're doing digital marketing. Can you help us understand a little bit more? Um, well, what, what is your unique selling proposition and, and explain what is a unique selling prop- proposition for people that might not know that terminology? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, I would say, you know, to, in speaking with pot- people who are considering joining a franchise or people who are considering starting a business period is maybe where you want to be. You have to determine how you're going to be successful. And what I mean by that is how are you going to differentiate yourself in the market? Because there's a lot of competition out there. Unless you're literally like recreating the wheel, you need to be able to articulate why somebody should choose you. You know, obviously this is going to be less important for, you know, a fast food owner down the street. And maybe it is, um, you know, maybe it's all about location. That's a huge value for people, but in the service industry in, in B2B um, where people are buying you, your services, your credibility, your knowledge, as opposed to just, you know, a product or service. But even for stores, it's really important to have a unique selling proposition. So what I mean by that is really it's twofold. What value do you bring to your clients? So not what product or service, but what is the value that you bring? Uh, What problem do you solve for your clients, right? And it's really important for you to know that, but also for you to be able to articulate that. And then the second thing is, is, is how are you different? Why are you different? And why is this important for the client? So I think creating that unique selling proposition that really is like a sentence or two is really, really important for you to be able to determine before you even start your business, because that is, you know, hanging on to that is, is going to be what, what makes you successful and what helps you determine how you position yourself, who you go after, how you speak to them, how you market yourself, where you spend your money, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so for me, you know, I, I would say the value that I bring is I, I have marketing and communications experience on more of the traditional sense. And I understand the importance of bringing um, hard numbers, black and white results to my clients who are business owners who are results oriented, as opposed to just, you know, building awareness and and, and, and that sort of thing, um, being able to say that I delivered them X number of results every, uh, or X number of leads every month is really, really important. So I understand that from a marketing and investment point of view and how to work with them in terms of how to communicate to their clients. The second thing that I bring is I, I've, I've been a business consultant and, and I have an MBA. So I really understand business. And I think a lot of digital marketers have, have tech backgrounds and they don't know how to speak with business owners. So, you know, the communication doesn't happen and they're speaking in their own terms as opposed to the terms that are important for business owners. And the third one is, again, I've been an entrepreneur, so I understand, 
you know, cash flow and how budgets are tight. And I know how to work with business owners to make, you know, them feel important. I know how to deliver proper service, the kind of service that I was always looking for when I was looking for a digital marketing person. So I would say that's the value that my experience comes and comes from. And my unique selling proposition is being able to really, you know, position myself as a consultant who understands all of these different areas. So I can, I can bridge that communication gap that often exists between a technical digital marketer who is responsible and really, really good at getting results and a business person who, you know, needs to understand and recognize what their goals are and not just hire somebody to do ads or to do SEO or to do marketing because they, they feel that that's what they need to do. So it's, it's identifying what the goals are specifically, and then how translating that into tactics in order to achieve those, those goals. Well, that's great. I like summarized it in a sentence or two. Oh, that's no, that was great. I think, um, you know, when it comes to wholeheartedly agree and believe in being clear on, on, on what value you bring and what sets you apart. And, and just to kind of simplify, I was like, oh my gosh. And, and I'm, by the way, I'm not a franchisee of M&M anymore. And my dad sold the company. So I'm not trying to promote M&M. I'm just drawing on experience here. But the, we were, the, the value was the convenient, like the, the time that we were going to save people, like that we saved right. because the food was good. And, and so it was the, it was the convenience really. That was, I would say what the value was. And then the differentiator was our service in the store that we'd help you put meals together because you could go get those products, uh, uh, similar products at grocery stores and Costco nowadays. And, but, but we're going to put meals together. So I, I'm hearing kind of some similarities there, even though again, brick and mortar versus, you know, a, a service business, but that, and, and you in particular, being able to bridge that gap between the digital marketing people that speak that language and the business owners that speak this language, and you're able to bring that together. So um, as a consultant, I love the way you put that. And just, just to clarify, who is your ideal target market? So I would say, you know, kind of my, my, my sentence or two, when I, when I talk about what I add or my, my unique selling proposition is that I work with business owners and marketing teams of small and medium sized enterprises to help them generate leads for their businesses and uh, build their brand reputation using digital marketing tactics in order to build their business. Perfect. Okay. So, so yeah, got it. Small business owners and, and uh, medium meet small to medium. It sounds like you're saying. Yeah. And I work with B2C companies. I work with um, a lot of B2B companies as well. Uh, local companies who are appealing to, you know, obviously like a tighter market as well as international companies that are, you know, dealing with, with clients all over the world. So it's a pretty, pretty um, wide breadth of, of clients that I have. Got it. Okay. So I'd like to switch a little bit gears over to, we did talk about this a little bit already, but work-life balance. So mm. it, it sounds like part of a part of why you're doing what you do now is, well, it is not just part of it is that balance. So what is, what is something you can say that you've learned about creating work-life balance? <laughs> Well, this is something that I, I honestly, I really had to figure out um, a long time ago. And then I, I kind of went through a bit of burnout as well. But 
you know, before COVID hit and in my previous career, my previous life, I was always used to working uh, remotely. So that working from home, working, um, you know, I did project-based work in other countries. So I was living at, at hotels for months and months on end. So I, I understand um, and had to figure out work-life balance pretty, pretty quickly. I think having a separate physical space is really, really important for you to be able to separate work from, you know, the rest of your world. I think those people who set up their computers in their dining room are insane because then there's no, there's no separation. Don't ever bring your computer into your bedroom. That's a total no, no. So I think the physical space is really, really important. I also found it really important uh, for work-life balance, but also as a business owner where you have to change from, you know, financing to marketing to, to sales to, you know, you're wearing all these different hats that you time block. And, you know, I, I work kind of with my clients on my actual work on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and on Monday and Friday, I'm doing a lot of admin work. Um, this is kind of a rule of thumb that WSI uses as well, or, or, uh, or promotes. And it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great solution uh, because that way you're, you're dedicating time every week towards marketing. You're dedicating time every week towards, you know, your accounting and making sure your books are updated and that sort of thing. So I think that's really, really important as far as, you know, additional work life balance stuff. You know, I left my last company because I had a baby uh, and I was never home. So this allows me to be at home and go and travel with my family, uh, but still, you know, keep my ear to the ground and, and be there if any, you know, if there's any fires to put out. And then something that I did fairly early on is I hired help because one of the things that I, I really learned is important um, is as a business owner, your job really is to grow your business and not to be working in your business in the operations. So I needed to do that for the first year to really understand how I wanted to run my business and put in standard processes um, and, and that sort of thing, you know, reporting documents and, and, and then I hired somebody to basically execute on a day to day. And so I have a project manager that takes care of all the details. So I don't need to get overwhelmed with that. Um, and then I really focus on, on my clients, on growing, uh, my client base on making sure my clients are happy on making sure that, you know, my, my, my bills get paid and we get paid and, and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, and any marketing that, you know, we choose to do above and beyond, um, kind of the, the, the regular day-to-day -day marketing that we're involved in. And that allowed me to step back and know that, you know, things are being taken care of if I need to take a day off and I'm pregnant now. So I've got lots of hospital visits and I'm going to be going on mat leave for three months. Um, and I have somebody that is going to be running the day-to-day -day operation. So that was a huge step mm. and it's, it's important to delegate and to let go because, you know, you can't do it all and, and really you shouldn't be. Yeah, this is a really key point. So for any, you know, anybody that's already a franchisee, this is a very common struggle that people have is, is believing that letting go is going to help them grow. Like that, that actually getting out of working in the business is actually 
what it's all about, right? Like you didn't just buy yourself a job. You're trying to, it's an investment. I mean, it feels like that at the beginning and it usually takes a little while till you can get to a point of removing yourself from the business. But the idea is to, to be able to like, you don't, yeah, you don't become a franchisee so you can work 80 hours a week. You might no. do that at the beginning, but ultimately, you know, it might take a little bit to get it up and running, but ultimately the most people become a franchisee because they want a little bit of flexibility and lifestyle. So, so mm-hmm. just uh, maybe kind of the last area, we'll just go here is a little bit deeper into the, the uh, with the hiring of somebody, how did you, so you said it was a big step for you. So was it, was it that you were afraid to let go or was it finding somebody? What was the hardest thing about that? It was a pain for somebody to work, um, you know, letting go of that because when you're building your business, you know, your, your take home's pretty small in the beginning. Um, and then taking the time because you are busy as ever, um, trying to find somebody and trying to find the right person, because, you know, you're putting a lot of faith in them and there's a lot of training that happens as well. And again, it's a bit like a marriage. So it's, it's, it's not easy, but I think you just have to do it and say, you know, if it, if it doesn't work out, then I I started my hire on part-time, um, so that there wasn't a crazy commitment and it was kind of like, all right, let's do this for three months and see if it works out for both of us. Right. We both need to be happy. So, you know, it's having clear communication. What do you want to get out of this? What are my expectations? What do I need? Um, I think some of the best advice I've been given in life, but especially for a business is write down all the things that you hate doing. And then get somebody else to do them because Mm -hmm. if you hate doing them, you won't do them or you won't do them as well. And they suck your energy. And Mm -hmm. if you can outsource all the things that you, or delegate all the things that you don't like, you can focus on what you're really good at and what you love. And that really is the key to being a successful business owner. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. The other big piece of advice that I would have is there is... There's this idea uh, and, a, and a person that I've been working with who is a mentor about one time in your business. And it's really, you know, f- focus on where you spend your time on a day to day and wherever you're focusing, spending your time or where whatever's taking up a lot of your time, figure out how to simplify that and, and standardize that, whether it's doing a lot of responses of this, you know, same types of emails, create a standard response, um, create those documents, spend the time up front. One time in your business is going to save you so much time and energy and aggravation uh, down the line. Those are amazing tips. You're speaking my language when it comes to figuring out what are, what are you, what are you good at? What do you love to do? Do more of that. Because when you do more of that, you'll get exponential gains. Um, and then also you've maybe heard of this, but what was resonating with me is this idea of like, what can you delegate? What can you automate when you talked about creating a, a standardized response? What can you eliminate that you're doing that maybe you don't need to do? And what can you simplify? You know, also you can elevate. So it sounds like yeah. you naturally are doing that, which is like a, a key success factor. So um, it, I, I, 
this has been incredible. I feel like we could keep talking for another hour about a lot of this good stuff, but I think there's been a lot of great takeaways for anybody, either that's already a franchisee or, or thinking of becoming a franchisee to help them sift through, you know, whether it makes more sense to, to go with a, you know, a brick and mortar or, or a service model and what, what things to reflect on about yourself. Um, so thank you very much, Taylor. I don't know if you have any last sure. thoughts you want to, is there any, is there any last thoughts you want to add in here before we go? Um, no, I'm just thinking a couple of resources that I, that I did use. Um, I don't know how many people really know of the idea of like design thinking, but there's a book out there called designing your life. I, it's about designing your life. I think it's called the red Red parachute. That's what it is. Great book about figuring out kind of where you should be, how, how to identify what you're passionate about and how to turn that into a a job. Um, That was really helpful for me. Mindset mentor is a podcast that I've found very, very valuable. And then really just tapping into your market and LinkedIn and reaching out to people and just gathering from their experience. The more people you can talk to, the more, the more perspectives you can gain, the better, you know, educated you'll be and better position you'll be in to make some decisions. Mm-hmm. I can just feel this like feeling of achievement from you. And it's, it's very, it's humble, but you've done so many good things like the, like looking to men or looking to your network, leveraging the support that you get and, and listening to a podcast about mindset, like mindset mentors. I'm all about, you know, managing our mindset and figuring out what you're good at. These are such great tips. I, I can't thank you enough. Well, the, the, the one final thing that I would say is, when I was thinking about joining WSI, I, I really socialized it with a lot of people within my network. And it was amazing to hear the feedback. People are saying, you know, I, I can totally see you doing that. You'd be great at that. And that's so important because the way that you project yourself is going to be, you know, essentially like a lot of my friends, my network are also my sales team right? I get a lot of referrals um, through my network. So being able to kind of get the buy-in and the confirmation that people see me suited for this uh, was, was hugely valuable as well. So I'd say, don't keep it to yourself, socialize it, get people's feedback about whether they think you'd be a good fit. That is another super golden nugget. everything you're saying is just resonating. I did that when I was starting the business I currently have as an advisor to franchisors. When I started thinking of this and I was like, what do you think of this? And people tell you, oh my gosh, that's exactly like, I can totally see you doing that. And it gives you that confidence too. So yeah. um, Yeah. That's fantastic. Taylor, you know, like when, when, when you find the right one, you know, your heart gets, you know, gets going and, and you feel a match. It's kind of like meeting your mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like you need to start a podcast someday about like, like, like how to, how to just be awesome at life. <laughs> so well, I'm pretty happy. I will say that. That's awesome. And so exciting that you've got a, a baby on the way and, and a family and a cottage in Muskoka and that you're traveling. So thank you so much. I know this has been inspiring for me and I'm sure for the audience as well. We really appreciate your time and I hope that your day is amazing today. My pleasure. I've really enjoyed this as well, Angela. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Always a pleasure to speak with you and hope to do it again sometime. Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, visit franchisecanada.online. Don't forget to subscribe to Franchise Canada e-news while you're there. You can also learn more about franchising at cfa.ca 
and connect with specific franchise opportunities at lookforafranchise.ca. Now go be awesome.